Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Awesome. So we are here uh, for another episode of Box Talk, and I am actually sitting next to, in California, Forrest Jung. And I would love, Forrest, if you'd go ahead, introduce yourself, um, tell everybody where we're at and what we're doing here. Uh, I'm Forrest Jung, the owner of CrossFit South Bay. Um, we're in our Torrance location, um, real close to the StubHub, and the, today is the first day of the big day of the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I was watching the athletes do more this morning on TV, and it looked horrible. So I chose not to watch that, <laughs> so well. I wanted to start my morning off good, so I, didn't, I don't want any like suffering early on. I mean, a lot of them were smiling. I was surprised at how happy they looked. I'm not going to lie. They were... Smiling on the outside. Smiling on the outside, <laughs> yes. I'm sure everything else was burning. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, anyways, well, Forrest, why don't we go ahead? I would love to start with um, just talking about how you came to be an affiliate owner, uh, how you came to own, uh, you know, CrossFit South Bay, and yeah, just the story about how you got here. So back in probably 2007... Um, I'd started doing CrossFit with some friends of mine that were, they were beach volleyball players. And they'd started like this fun little group of guys that would work out and post their times to get like a free t-shirt. And at the time I was like, where are you guys getting this from? This is crazy. (laughs) And they're like, oh, it's called CrossFit. And um, so I started Googling it and a lot of Jim Jones stuff came up. And at the time there weren't any affiliates around really. I mean, the closest one was Andy Petranik's gym, which is now CrossFit LA, which is now not Andy Petranik's gym, but it was Petranik Fitness. I was like, man, Santa Monica's too far. I'm not, I'm not driving to Santa Monica. And then there was, um, I think CrossFit Long Beach had popped up shortly after that. And then um, I actually had found CrossFit South Bay. So it was founded by um, a lady named Marisa. Um, so she founded it and it started in like, this park. So, you know, I'd call no answer. I'd call, no call back. There's no email. And at the time it was like, there's barely websites. Mm -hmm. So I finally got in touch with her and you know, she's like in the park and um, then moved to a parking lot. So step up, right? Yeah. Yeah, You can do a lot more to park. Right. So it's like, then you're in a parking lot and then you get a space. So we shared a space um, with an Olympic weightlifter um, his name's Sean Waxman. I mean, a lot of people know him. Great Olympic weightlifter. We shared a space with him. And at the time, now we fast forward to 2008. And I was working for FedEx at the time, doing corporate sales, and hated it. Didn't want to move to Memphis. So obviously, if you hate your job, you start to apply for business school. Mm-hmm. So the huge economic downturn. I apply for business school. I get denied to every single business school except for one. Um, I mean, at least I got into one. At least you got into one. Right? I mean, at first I was going to say, denied to everyone. Right. And I mean, that's a process. If you've ever <laughs> applied to business school, it's a process. you got you got to write so many essays. And I went to school at uh, UC Santa Barbara. And so I partied a lot mm-hmm. there. And ended up with like a 2.17 GPA, barely graduating. <laughs> but so you, you got, graduated. But I graduated. I'm looking that's all really bright, side, bright side of all this. You okay. finished, right? Yes, exactly. Um, so from there, like I applied, got in and then it was like, okay, I got to send this like 
it's like $20,000 check to SC just to like guarantee my spot. And I was like, you know what? I actually really don't want to do that. <laughs> like I want to do something finally like that's going to make me happy. Yeah. So just commit. And so I approached Marisa and I said, hey, look, you're looking for a partner. I'd like, I think this CrossFit thing is a really good thing for people. I don't think it's marketed very well. I don't think it's executed very well. I think we can do a better job because I've seen a lot of people come in and leave. Come, and this is, you know, this is like end of 2008. Yeah, very, very, very beginning. Yeah, yeah, and people don't know what it is. Yeah. And at the time it was like 15 of us and there was one girl besides Marisa. And all the guys are like, we need more girls. <laughs> and the girls would come in and leave, come in and leave. So finally I was like, you know what, we gotta, we gotta change some things up. So we were in Hawthorne at the time, which is when you're in the beach cities, Hawthorne is like a lifetime away, which is, I mean, it's four miles from the beach. And you're like, you become very snobby in your bubble. So like we I was, can't go four miles. No, you're not four miles. You cannot go east. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, you know what? We're moving it west of PCH. So if you're familiar with the area, PCH is only like a half mile from the beach, but you have to be west of that. Otherwise, people won't come to you. Otherwise, wow, it's the ghetto. So no idea. we are literally 20 feet west of PCH now. We moved in 2009. So I made the jump, quit the job. Instead of sending you know, my savings off to a business school, I invested it into... CrossFit South Bay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Different turn of events right there. Yeah. So very different. Mm-hmm. I go from like a pretty well-paying job to a no-paying job. In the early days, it was tough. I mean, like we had 15 people. I had no equipment. I had no gym mats. Back then, you couldn't order a customized rogue rig online. You had to find a fabricator to build it. And we had nothing. I, we were, I had people working out. It was a converted auto shop so there was oil on the ground it sucked right and and like in the move so we moved in November of 2009 and so that's the affiliate's been around for two years pretty much our dues I think were like 250 bucks a year and and um, and so like we, we only had 15 members we there's no mind body there's no, like everybody's on an Excel spreadsheet and they pay with check. So I was like, this all has to change. Like, yeah. and it did change, but so we moved in 2009 and now Marisa's getting married. So she goes off on her honeymoon the day after we move. So in a move, it's just like you load up a bunch of stuff into a truck mm-hmm. and bring it all over in one trip, unload it and there you have it, right? And I had just gotten knee surgery in October, so I was, I'm on crutches. She's gone. We have no coaches. <laughs> I start an on-ramp like that, probably like that week or the week after. Um, teaching on-ramp on crutches. I have no part. I teach every class. So at the end, it was like you had like four classes, so it's not that big a deal. Yeah, but you were still on crutches. I'm on crutches, yeah. right? And there's, I mean, you're in an auto shop like a legit auto shop, not like a nice one. So, (laughs) so we get like six or seven people in our first on-ramp, which is impressive Mm -hmm. for no, for 2000, 2009. Right. And they're all my friends and they're just, I want to see what CrossFit is. 
Or they felt pity for you because you were on crutches. Pretty much. Probably. And, yeah, and I'm, like, trying to run a business out of this, like, shitty garage. <laughs> and yeah, but your friends came out of pity for you. Yeah, okay. and, like, from then, it just kind of grew. And um, sooner or later, like, you know, it's like, we get my body. We add 10 members. You know, we add another 10 members. And this whole time, it's like, I gotta, I'm doing the website. I'm writing the blogs. I'm teaching every class. I'm, at night, I mop. I clean. Um, and then it's like, I get a little extra cash in. Buy a few kettlebells. Get an extra cash in. Buy, like, a few rowers. Um, and that's just how it went for a while. And for a long while. And then I was like, finally time to hire a coach. And then a girl, um, Holly, bless her heart, she lost a job and it was like, hey, can I work like a front desk style job in exchange for a membership? And that from there on out, like having a front desk slash admin person was a huge help. And then um, lo and behold, we went from 15 members in, oh God, we had, we have 2,500 square feet in Hermosa. And it ballooned up to 375 members, like active memberships, not punch cards, members. And our on-ramps had like a three-month waiting period, and it was ridiculous. We had the cops called on us nonstop. We like, it was for noise, for for running down the street, for noise, for, I mean, for whatever, Everything. everything. Neighbors hated us. And it was, and, but the good thing was the community was strong. Like finally people were like, I have a place where I can meet friends mm-hmm. outside of the bar. And you know, it's, they were stoked about it. But it was like, we met friends outside of the bar, but now we just go right back to the bar with all of our friends. <laughs> it's a very young group at the time, okay. you know? And um, yeah, that's pretty much how we got started. Oh my goodness, what do, what do you think helped it explode to that many members? Was it like at, like, was it all the small changes you made to help the business run more systematically and efficiently? Or like what, what exploded it to almost 400 members? Well, it was a little bit of that and well, a little bit of like these changes that we had made. I mean, it was always, always changing yeah. with like mind body. And I always said like, if you have a hundred members, act like you have 200. If you have 200, act like you have 400. And like mind body <clears throat> helped us out a ton because it automated a lot of things, automated emails, automated payments. I could check memberships and you know, after 15 people, it's hard to keep it all in your head. Um, the idea of like hiring coaches and I made a commitment. I was like, look, if I'm not going to go to business school, I'm going to still going to get a business education. So I'm going to try to read two books a month. Mm-hmm. If I can read two books a month, like whether it be like personal improvement, business, whatever, I'll be okay. And I'd alternate between that and like training books, okay. like how to, how to coach better, how to coach the mental side, how to coach the physical side. But, and then I was like, you know, I can't keep up with this shit. I'm gonna listen to audiobooks. So whatever I could do to absorb yeah. information. But then I just tried to, I just implemented it. Yeah. It was like, let me try, this technique let me try that technique and I constantly try to do those things mm-hmm. but like mind body was a big help um, just online marketing was a big help you know like just making sure your Google is your Google or Google Maps listing is on point 
Where it's like, accurate. Yep. it's accurate. <laughs> Is it like, do I have the right phone number? Like answering your phone. Mm, For a while, yes. it just came to my cell phone, yes. right? And I had to, I was like on it. Yeah. And the emails, like people asking questions. And sooner or later, that starts to get too much. But it's all of those things together. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, <clears throat> well, shit, fucking Starbucks is killing it. Why? Why are they killing it? And it was like, they're oh, doing right. they're doing something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, there's a lot of coffee shops, but they're really killing it. What is it? Oh, consistency. Oh, experience when you walk in the door. So you start focusing on that. And then it was like, what got me into it? And it was like, oh, a group of friends. A group of friends that if you don't come, they like call you and be like, hey, man, where you been? And then it was like, okay, I got to start doing that. That keeps people coming back. And then it was like getting people to make friends and then making it their lifestyle instead of like a workout. And from there, it just started to balloon. It was crazy. And at a certain point, we were all like, we can't take any more members. 375 people, it's a it's, lot. It, in, in, I was going to say 2,500 square feet. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of people in one little space. I yeah. mean, they don't all come at the same time, but like. But kind of, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean, we would run classes 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 p.m., and they'd have 25 or more people in them. Oh and like goodness. that's, it was fucking chaos. Like we just, yeah. we couldn't manage it. We'd have yeah. to have like three coaches. It was just a lot, yeah. right? Um, so scaling up was almost a little bit of luck. Some people that, you know, you always get those people that know 50 people and like influence them. And they're like, kind of like the kingpins. And if you can find those people and then like leverage them to be like, Hey, look, I'll give you a free membership, you know, one month free if you bring in somebody else or like, Hey, you're doing great. You know, do you have any other friends? Just asking really. So it just got to that point. Where I was just asking for, for people to come in. You you exploded at this location yeah, in Hermosa <clears throat> Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, what led you to opening up the second location then of the CrossFit South Bay? So, you know, at the time, <clears throat> there were other CrossFits starting to pop up. A lot of them came from our own membership base, um, which, I mean, it's, everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows how that works. And at the time, it was like, I need to... I'm not just gonna go from 2,500 square feet to another spot that's exactly the same. And I never really had that goal. <clears throat> like my goal was to create like an all-encompassing area for like people to get fit, have fun, meet people, um, and that they wanted to be at. Like not just like a place, like a yoga studio. They come in, do their yoga, grab their shit, and leave. Like I wanted like every area of fitness should have had that community like CrossFit had and I didn't think I mean it was unique to CrossFit for sure but why I mean it could have been unique to any other yoga Pilates whatever but it just wasn't so I always wanted to open a bigger spot a bigger place and as luck would have it or unlucky whatever you want to call it I'd start training a guy that was you know for a while, I was like, what is, what is up with this dude? You know, he's showing up with a driver. Like, wow. yeah, yeah. Rolls up in like this big ass Escalade. You know, he has a driver. He, we train him for a while. And then he asked me one day, like, you know, how, what are your, what are your thoughts on scaling up? Like, what are your, what are your, like, this is a good thing. Cause he would see how many people would come in. 
<clears throat> and yeah, you notice when a class is 25 people. Right, right. And you're like, oh, I'm getting privates, and like we're off in this corner. Yeah. It's tough, or we're outside. Exactly, and it's like we can't go anywhere else because everywhere is full. Right. Mm -hmm. So he owns this fund, and he controls, and it's a very large fund. And, um, you know, typically it's like manufacturing and that sort of thing. And, and so over the next, like, basically couple years, I had gone through creating financial models, projections. I pitched basically my idea of, you know, what, what the evolution is, like a bigger location of, yeah, it's a garage gym. It's got that gritty feel, but it's clean. You know, it's, there's full amenities. There's nice showers. There's nice bathrooms. Um, there, you don't have to share a rower. You don't have to look for a spot on a pull-up bar. Um, medicine balls are color-coded. Like, everything down to, like, just making a place work well. And <clears throat> there's drinking fountains that are accessible and clean and wipes and it's just everything, right? Everything little, that every... Little things. Yeah. Little things that really count. It's yeah. basically everything that members ask for that annoy gym owners right you're yeah. like we wish we had this and it's like shut up but you do too but yeah. it's like I don't have enough money to do that yeah. so <clears throat> we finally get it down we start looking for spots and spots are hard to find around here where it's like okay I want a spot that is at the time I was like over 5,000 square feet um, I want to be able to break it up into rooms to where it's not just one big open space um, I want <clears throat> to have a clear run path. I don't want to be next to like an apartment complex where we're going to get noise issues or like a dentist office or whatever, right? Um, I want it to be centrally located, not like this spot that people have to drive like down the sketchy neighborhood to get to. Um, I want it to be, um, I want it to be open. So I want big doors where it doesn't feel like you're inside all day. Um, and it's like, I'm not going to compromise on these things. I want, these are the things that has to happen. Otherwise, it's going to make my business too hard. If you open up a spot and you're like, everything is perfect, but we have this one shithead neighbor that's calling the cops and now complaining to the city. I mean, business is already hard, yeah. right? Why make it harder? Yeah. So we spend a year looking for spots. Two years planning, a year looking for spots. Finally narrow it down to a couple of, of locations then settle on a spot in Torrance that is on this parcel of land that's owned by this billionaire who created, or basically created the Delamo Mall here in Torrance, sold everything off, um, great dude, I mean, real estate mogul, like Forbes 500 kind of guy, amazing dude, um, super professional, um, great team around him too. They decide to lease to us. We go through the whole process of getting everything approved through the city. And then, I mean, the space at the time was a Goodyear, a Goodyear tire shop. And it was a mess. Like, it had probably been vacant, I mean, I'd say five years, but more likely like 10 years. Wow. A lot of places tried to come in. I mean, there was, it looked like the movie Saw, where it's like you got locked in this room, and you wake up, and there's a saw, and you're and you're just like chained, right? You're chained down and you're like, where am I? Um, you said things are dripping from the wall. There was like, yeah, was, things were wet for no apparent reason. They were like, there were bums living in here. Really? 
Yeah. Is that the PC term for homeless? I don't know. Anyway, we're so we'll just go with it. <laughs> anyway, there's like, there are people without homes living in here and it was a mess, but we were like, let's, you know, let's do it. Like the layout's great. We can make it work. And so we go through the whole process. The build out was crazy. It took a year. Took yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know you'd walk me around your location. I mean, just, I can't even imagine what it looked like before because you've done so much to it. You yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So we had to like seismically retrofit the building because here in California, obviously we have earthquakes. And you, <laughs> yeah, so you had to like come in and, and make sure that the place doesn't collapse on itself if there's an earthquake. Thank God it hasn't. So um, did that. We had to redo all the plumbing because now, I mean, it goes from a tire shop to like a place with showers mm -hmm. and multiple toilets and multiple this and that. And I mean, if you own a if you own affiliate, when a toilet backs up, it's like the end of the world. <laughs> it's uh, it's like in the middle of everything else, the toilet backs up. Like, really? Yeah, that's like really? that's like that's one of your worst days as an affiliate owner. Um, so, <clears throat> um, so we did all that stuff, and then in the meantime, it was like, oh, we we should have been marketing. Oh, we should have been like telling people about it. So now you have this CrossFit gym that also has yoga, a dedicated yoga room, a dedicated Pilates room, a dedicated cycling room. It has, it looks like an Equinox when you walk into it. So people are like thoroughly confused. And in our minds, we were, I was like, in my mind anyway, I was like, I got this vision. This is exactly what it is. I get it. And I was like, oh shit, other people don't get it. Yeah. You're so passionate about it that you're like, well, everybody else should just understand on Yeah. It's like, eh, yeah. Don't. I was like, okay, well, people get what a yoga studio is. Mm -hmm. People understand now, they understand what CrossFit is. Why wouldn't they get this? Yeah. But it's like, for some people, I think it was hard for them to understand that they could both be under one roof. Hmm. Yeah. How'd you overcome that confusion then? I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I think people are still confused. <laughs> like, I have no clue. Like, I think one of the things that we looked at was, was marketing ourselves as an overall, like CrossFit is CrossFit, it is great for fitness. And we market ourselves more towards like, get healthy. This is how we get healthy. Like, if you can't touch your toes, you should be able to touch your toes. So you gotta do more yoga. And if you can't touch your toes, yeah, you can tell someone to do mobility, but to the average person walking in off the street, they don't know what mobility is. And it's like, why can't I deadlift? It's like, well, bitch, you can't touch your toes. And it's like, you, do, you can't touch your toes, you arch your back, now you hurt your back, now you're not a member anymore. Yeah. Now I can say like, hey, look, go do some yoga. We'll do some conditioning classes. And in the meantime, you're gonna get more flexible, you're still gonna get in shape, and then we'll graduate on to like the barbell or whatever it is. Yeah, that's an awesome way to look at it. Having these things like all kind of supplement each other and all work together and being like, well, we can fix these things. I know you're saying with like Pilates, how you know people can't like understand how their body's moving. You like suggest like why don't you go do that? You'll understand how your body can move in these different positions, and you'll know where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there. I just I think that's so cool how you know you've seen how it all works together and you use it in that way. Absolutely, like and I think what the biggest thing was was like you know what we're getting people in. It's not it's not working like we used to do it, and so I was like you know what. 
screw it. I'm going to sit down with every single person coming in here and I'm going to recommend what they should do. So a new person comes in and they say like, man, I have 45. I haven't, I haven't been like exercising. I drink too much. I sit at a desk all day and life sucks. Right. All right, cool. Let's, let's see where we're going to start with. So we put them through like a functional movement screen, the FMS, come back, sit down with them and basically say, all right, you don't, you don't move well. And here's the things that you can do to correct it. But, you know, at the same time, you're not showing them the exercises. You're just kind of like getting in a feel for them. So I, then I could say, like, look, you know, here's what I recommend. And we would write down, I would write down like easy things for like their diet where it's like, all right, so you drink five nights a week. Let's cut that back to three. And then we, when we like follow up and sooner or later it turns into nothing, but it's like, let's cut it back to three right now. Yeah. And then, um, it's like, all right, you, you know, you eat this one lady was like, I don't get why I don't lose weight. You know, what do you eat? And it turns out she ate pie every single night oh. and not just like a slice. She ate those little personal pies. One of those things every single night. Oh my and I was like, well, okay, let's, let's try to do it. You know, only three nights yeah, a week. Cut it back a yeah, bit. or like cut it in half, cut yeah. that pie in half. Oh, there you go. That's an idea. So, <clears throat> anyway, like I would go through and say, like, all right, so here's what I'd recommend you have bad conditioning, um, you have bad body awareness, but we can fix those things. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're strong in your upper body. Um, and, um, and, and let's just say you're, you're somewhat flexible, right? So what I'd say is like, look, I want you to do cycling on Monday. You're going to do accelerator, which is like our beginner CrossFit class on Tuesday. You're going to rest on Wednesday and then you're going to do Pilates Thursday and accelerator Friday. And here are the classes that you're going to come to. Does that work for your schedule? Yes, it works for my schedule. Okay, great. Like I will pre-register you for these classes. You're already in. Here's how our app works. Here's how everything else works. I'll follow back up with you. Um, take it easy the first week and then we're going to slightly like ramp it up mm-hmm. after their first couple of classes, quick email, had everything go. And then sooner or later, what happens is people start to get it right. No longer are they like, I'm a CrossFitter. I'm a Yogi. I do Pilates. It's like, I just get fit. I'm just trying to get healthy. I have a better quality of life. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I do. Yeah. yeah. And then sooner or later, what happens, it's like, okay, I'm allowed to deadlift now. And it's almost like a belt system where you, you throttle people back in the beginning and you tell them why. So it's not just, you can't deadlift. It's more like, here's why you can't. And when you can do these things, then I'm going to let you touch the bar. And then, then the people aren't so afraid of it. They're like, they want to, to do those things instead of being like, pick up 225 right now. Right. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's helped along the way. A lot of work though. Oh, it, it sounds like, it sounds though like it's probably taken some time to get that system in place and like realize yeah. what works to get people to listen to, you know, here's my plan for you and this is probably what you should do. Absolutely. And like the, on the, from the sales side of things though, <clears throat> it's tough because you want to get somebody to sign up for a membership. I mean, that, as, a, as an affiliate owner, that's what you want. And it's, you can't just push it on somebody and be like, you should sign up for 12 months right now. Here's what we offer. Take it or leave it. Like we, you have to build up almost like this emotional bank account with somebody. So 
every time that you show interest in them, it's like making a deposit where it's like, how you doing? How was that class? And you build up trust and the whole thing asking for the sale. Finally, it's like, you don't really even need to. It's kind of like, well, where do you want to go here from here? I definitely want to keep going. Absolutely. Does like, here's our 12 month contract. Are you committed for that? Yes, I am. Right. And they trust you sign away and then you have a member for life. Yeah, it's almost like you've invested so much in them. They've mm-hmm. seen that, so they're going to invest back in you, which is just, oh, <clears throat> that's crazy. But as an affiliate owner, you have either you have to do it or you have to hire someone to do it, but they got to love it. Yeah. Just like coaches have to love teaching people how to squat because you're going to do it over and over and over again. <clears throat> so you have to love those things. If you don't, then you got to find a model that works for you. So I'm curious, though, because like here at um, the Torrance location, you know, you have all these either Pilates and yoga and um, spinning um, or cycling. And then, but over at Mosa Beach, you don't have those classes over there, or do you? No, we don't. It's strictly CrossFit over there. Okay. Old school, garage style, <clears throat> much more. So some of those people have been doing CrossFit now for like eight years. Okay, so that's maybe more of like a... Gym in kind of, sense? in a way. Okay. I mean, that's how it's viewed. Okay. Um, the more competitive people are over there. Not to say that there's not competitive people here. Yes. It's just in general. Okay. Um, it's just because a lot of them have been doing it longer. Um, slightly, slightly younger crowd, too. I mean, you're in a slightly tighter community just because such a small space, you have to be. <clears throat> but we don't have it over there because real estate in Hermosa is... So damn expensive. <laughs> Isn't it like beachfront property? Maybe? Pretty much. Yeah. It's crazy. So to have it, the model doesn't work out well for that because you would have to charge an arm and a leg just to make rent. So it's hard so, unless you get a deal. What was, I mean, was there a sort of change in mentality you had to have when, you know, when you're over there, you know, selling for over there and over here selling for, I mean, it's like, it sounds like a different demographic. Right? Way different demographic. <laughs> And it's only like, they're only four miles apart, really. Oh, that's amazing. Only four miles? And the demographic is extremely different. Where it's like, we would get busy at 7 p.m. in Hermosa. We'd be busy at 4 p.m. in Torrance. And people would come into Torrance. And, you know, like with with an established CrossFit community, they come in and they kind of subconsciously are like, okay, I get what the flow. And it's like, okay, I get people you know, change their shoes for certain things and these people are wearing these shoes and these people are wiping down their bars and this is how you put on chalk and you don't like LeBron it or Jordan it, if, how old you are. So, and, um, you know, I think, I think without that, you have to start from the basics where it's like, this is what a plyo box, this is what RX means, this is how we use the whiteboard, this is like, and you have to like really start from the basics. And um, this is what community means. And you don't come out and say that, but it's like, give someone a high five. Tell someone good job. Like, don't, like if somebody's in your class, acknowledge them. You don't have to be a cheerleader, but acknowledge them, right? And that starts with the person at the top. If you're an affiliate owner and you're pissed at the world, your members are gonna be pissed at the world. <laughs> You know, and, no one wants that. and nobody no one wants, wants that, right? I mean, it's like I've walked into to gyms before where it's like the vibe. You're like, some shit went down here, 
I don't know what it is, but something happened here. And when you go into other places where it's like, are these people on ecstasy? Because these people are so nice. And like the owner is like bouncing off the walls, super nice. And you're like, all right, I get it. Right. And that's, you have to start really from like yourself and like look at yourself as an affiliate owner and be like, what can I improve? Like, where am I lacking? And if you're frustrated with your members, it's really easy to be like, I hate my members or I hate this person because of this thing. But you got to look back at yourself and be like, all right, what can I change to like really make changes at, at my affiliate? Well, that just kind of reminds me of like how you mentioned before how you know you spend time reading or no probably listening more so to like podcasts and different things to like better business but in a sense it's even bettering yourself you know um have you heard of the book extreme ownership how navy seals jocko willink yes for sure yeah. actually yeah, last night that book came up um i was talking to jimmy letchford and um you know he's a marine and and he's talking about jujitsu and with that book actually came up and Jocko's an intense dude. Like um, from the book it seems like he is. Yeah, yeah he's an he's an intense guy. <laughs> but it just reminds me of like in that book they talk about just taking ownership of everything. And that includes like of how you act and mm-hmm. how, you know, you, how yourself will influence everyone around you. Absolutely. And so when you're just talking about that, that ownership is just so essential, even when it comes to positive attitude or how am I gonna be today with my members? Of, am I gonna see them as a a good thing or a bad thing so but no that's crazy so I guess how did you um, then learn that like the tourist location was so different from the Mosa Beach was it just kind of trial and error yeah it was a lot of trial and error like you start off and you're just like all right this is how we've done things that's how we're doing it you know this is our pricing structure this is how we're doing it. And you're like sooner or later you have to say like look this isn't working like we're not hitting goals we're not and we're not just kind of flying by the seat. When I first started Hermosa, I had no goals. My goal was basically to get people in the door, right? And it's like, let's have some fun with it. But as you start to evolve, like with your business, you gotta have something, some sort of goals. And when you have money invested, skin in the game, it's different. So um, we just started trial and error. Let's change the pricing up. Let's simplify it. See what happens. And in your mind as an affiliate owner, you're like, oh, I tried that shit before, it doesn't work. This guy was pissed off about it. And you gotta almost like erase that and say like, okay, we're gonna try it and we're gonna try it some a little differently. And we're not gonna be jaded about it. We're gonna learn from our experiences, but we have to, we have to try. We have to do something a little differently. Um, and you just keep doing that over and over and over again from, like you said, with, uh, with, with coaching, um, with the pricing structure, with how the front desk will greet people, how they answer the phone, um, how your cleaning crew, how, what do they use to clean the floors? What do they use to clean the medicine balls? Is it fucking them up, right? Like color coding things to where, like I know coaches get pissed where it's like, obviously that's, that's a girl's bar or that's a, guy, that's a 45 pound bar, like obvious, right? But it's not obvious to people. They just see a barbell or a kettlebell. They have no idea what 16 kilograms weighs, right? And I'm not, and over time, I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm not trying to, to teach like a conversion here. I'm just going to color code everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is color coded, mm-hmm. right? Where you grab a yellow one, you grab a green one. How much does that weigh? Don't, it weighs green. <laughs> just grab it, grab it, and let me see you swing it. Wait, I love that answer. It weighs yeah. green, that's it. It weighs green. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You know you grab that one, Yeah. right? And 
Um, it just cuts down on confusion and like changing those things up to where it's like everybody stands here. I have an organized class. After every class, everybody kind of wipes down their stuff. That's just, you have to create that culture. And as your second location, you assume those things are gonna happen, but they don't. And you gotta start from square one. And going back on it, I'm like, look, I, I could have, I should just written these things down as like a system where it's like, all right, here's how you teach people how to clean up. And this is what your coaches have to do. We have to be consistent. Because if some guy, if one of your coaches says, yeah, everybody wipe down your bars, and another coach is like, ah, don't worry about it, it's just sweat, then you get conflicting things. Yeah. Yep. That's, and then, that's not good. Yeah. And then one coach is pissed because he's like, wait a minute, you wiped it down yesterday, but you didn't wipe it down today. And the other coach is like pissed because he's like, you guys are wasting time wiping this stuff down. It's just going to get dirty again. You know? And you have to be consistent in certain messages. Mm. But it's all the little shit. It's all of those things, like the death by a thousand cuts. It's the details. You can't sweat, I mean, you have to sweat the details. Like they, they have to. They matter, especially, so I've noticed in, in the past few years that um, I've been, you know, with Box Pro and, and, and learning the industry, things have evolved just even in two years and mm. seeing like where they were two years ago and where they were are now and I can't I mean I can't imagine like the 10 12 year span of it but um it's just crazy that things are becoming more and more professionalized I would say and like more and more gyms have to pay attention to those details the garage gym doesn't always do it anymore it just mm -hmm. it just doesn't and so and I told you when I walked in here I was just so impressed by I mean the branding and, and the cleanliness and the big open doors <laughs> so it's just it's just crazy and to hear you compare like Hermos Beach and, and Torrance location I mean they just sound very different which is just interesting um, but I am curious you know like has has this location lived up to that that pinnacle vision that you had that you just like I'm gonna do this with color coordination and everything or as far as the facility goes yeah the facility <clears throat> I think is fantastic you know I think it offers outdoor space, it offers big bay doors, lots of fresh air, it offers something for pretty much everybody. And um, the facility is amazing. Um, like I'm pretty proud of it. We planned out a lot of details of it and it's been a lot of work, but it, there's a lot of things that could be better. And there's moments where, there, there were moments where I was, you know, I'd stand in the facility when it, nobody else is in it. I'm like, wow. Like, this shit happened. This is real. And, I mean, we all have these dreams and visions of stuff in your mind where it's like, oh, if, I, if I had a, like, this magic genie and if I could make these things happen, that's awesome. And there, those moments that you have where it's just, it's just really just a moment where it's like everything right now is perfect. But in this whole process, I've learned that those are moments in time and not forever and things deteriorate med balls rip you know like that shiny new rower you got it's gonna break you know and you know it's like shit man that thing broke and that barbell rusted and and then you just have to kind of keep up with it you just handle those things that's as far as the facility goes you know as far as like the gym as a whole you know it at a point we were killing it 
you know, we were doing great. Like we were adding 35 members net every month. We were doing fantastic. And it was like the community was forming, that both the locations were getting along. Um, we had a lot of people going back and forth. And what happened was I had tensions with our investor. And this tension started to rise. And basically what he wanted was more. So, oh, you can add 35 members a month? Let's add 45. Let's add 55. Why not add 65? And sooner or later, I'm just like, look, you can't add that many people to, to a model like this. And it was never the model. And we just can't do it. Um, we could, but you lose a lot of people out the back door. And you got to grow these things. And even at 35 net, that's a lot. It's a lot of people. And I mean, most, most places won't do that in three months. So think about it this way, you know, after three months, you basically have 100 new people walking around. Yeah. After six months, it's 200 new people walking around. It's a lot of people to <clears> relationships with. Right. So I pushed back a lot on that. Um, they started to cut back on our budget as far as like classes. You got to cut these, you got to cut 10% of your classes, but they're full. Nope, you got to cut 10%. And when that's your product, your product is classes. Yeah. Your product is coaching. Um, you're somewhat screwed, right? And it was like, nope, you can't. You got to cut back on cleaning supplies. Oh, that, that med ball that ripped? Yeah, you can't afford a vinyl patch. And after a while, you're just like, this is bullshit. I'm going to do it anyway because this is what's best for our members. And it was like, you guys need to, t we want to put up a billboard. Wait, you, we can't afford classes, but you want to put up a billboard for 10 grand a month? Wow. And, you know, I was like, that's not how this marketing works. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what we could do? We could throw like a barbecue, have everybody bring a friend, and that would maybe cost 150 bucks mm -hmm. and have way better outcome. Mm -hmm. And so no, I don't get it. Equinox doesn't do that. UFC gym doesn't do that. It's like, oh, it's cool because we're not them. And a lot of those battles happened. <clears throat> Sooner or later, the investor got fed up with me and just was like, you know what? You got to forfeit your share. We want you out. And okay, okay. But no, I'm not going to forfeit my share. And if for any affiliate owner out there that's looking for an investor, one word of advice is get a good lawyer and have a good operating agreement to where you are protected in any situation. Meaning like your investor gets mad at you, you get mad at your investor, your investor dies, you die. All these things, every scenario needs to be looked at. Yeah. So I'm protected in a certain, in a sense with my operating agreement. And so a long battle ensues where it's meeting after meeting after threat after threat threatened to bankrupt me, which I was like, go ahead, man. Like I put everything, all of the money that we had earned up to this point is in this location. I own nothing now. Go ahead. And it's like, oh, I'll bankrupt your family. I'm like, they don't have shit either. Like, good luck, man. Bring it on. And this is a guy who's like a billionaire that flies around. He has two private jets, not one. He has two, right? And so I'm like, well, why? Why are you doing this? And, and um, you know, it just keeps, keeps going. 
it just keeps going on and on and on. Finally, what happens in December of last year, 2015, we get to an agreement basically where it's like, all right, I'm going to forfeit my ownership in this Torrance location. I want full ownership in Hermosa where it's just basically like I hit a reset button, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at the time, Hermosa had dwindled from 375 people because I spent all my time in Torrance. And part of my operating agreement was I could only be in Torrance. I actually couldn't even be in Hermosa anymore. Oh, wow. I know, right? It's crazy. So I had to make some sacrifices to make the vision happen. Yeah. yeah. And like that... You know, another thing is with affiliate owners too, you can get so fixated on a vision that you think is for the greater good and then it's not. Yeah. You gotta weigh all those options. And it's like, looking back on it, it's like I should have, I had such tunnel vision and such focus that it ended up hurting me in the end. But I learned from that. Hindsight's twenty-twenty. It really is, what right? What are you gonna do? Like, yeah. yeah. So Hermosa dwindled down to around 175 members. Okay. And some went over to Torrance and some didn't, you know, it's just like you lose people and it just happens, right? <clears throat> and so in December, I made this, the switch. Hermosa's at like break even, basically. Um, can't even afford to pay me, right? So I go back to Hermosa, I take full ownership, I sign the papers January 6th of this year. And now I have zero ownership in her Torrance I have full ownership in Hermosa, but we signed a memo of understanding where it's like in the separation agreement, we still need to function as, as like, we're happy, a happy couple. Yeah, that we're right? like, a, yeah. You're basically, you basically had a divorce yeah. where it's like the kids, you have custody and, and there's rules with that custody. Yeah. And <clears throat> one of the things was like, you should have dual membership. I think that if you're, if we're going to be working together, you got to have dual membership. I'm like, you know, great. I, for our members, that's the best selling point for both of us. For them, they were like, nope, you gotta separate it. Nobody gets dual membership anymore. And I was like, there's no point in that, man. And, and so they still try to control some of those things with no, no reason at all. And now we're here in Torrance and <clears throat> they hire a guy on who used to run a 24-hour fitness. So he is currently the general manager here. Comes in, comes and like publicly says, I don't like CrossFit. It's not for me. This whole CrossFit thing, man, not for me. And I was like, man, that's, that's bold. That's bold. Like, your job is to sell CrossFit memberships. You the name of the gym that you're running is called CrossFit South Bay. And now you come out and said, nah, man. So basically I was like, dude, you can hate it. You can not like it. You can whatever. Shouldn't say that though. Like, don't say that. Like, I'm not going to judge you because you don't like it. That's fine. But your position and this community relies on the fact that you're all about it. It's called CrossFit South Bay, like you said. Yeah. It's not called 24-hour fitness. It is not. Right? And he, I mean, the guy's a nice guy. You know, I think he means well. But he is basically everything 
embodied into a person that everybody, all CrossFitters, all affiliate owners hate about 24-hour fitness. And I think he's changing, you know? And it's not to his fault, to be honest. It's not to his fault, but it just is, right? I mean, there's some people that are CrossFitters that where other people are like, you're everything that I hate about CrossFitters, right? <laughs> and it's not to their fault, it just is. Yep. But like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, they kind of put him in a bad position, to be honest. And he's, he's doing better now. He's like doing some stuff, but at the end, at the end of the day, you know, it's, I don't think it's the best fit. But yeah, so, you know, things of Hermosa, we've, we're, we're up to uh, 233 members Dang. as of yesterday. Okay, so, so yeah, we've grown back up again. Months, yeah. Um, yeah, and so the membership base here is, I think, is bouncing back a little bit. You know, like one month they added 45 but lost 65. But, I mean, I think now they're hitting a stability point okay. where they figured out their membership base. Yeah. They figured out, like, how to not lose as yeah. many members. But I think they're doing better. And, you know, it is somewhat heartbreaking because I do love the people here. You know, I sat down with them. Most of the people that are still here, I've sat down with them one-on-one. -on -one. I know what they do for a living. I know, like, their vices. I know what motivates them. And it's somewhat heartbreaking because it's like, I can't, I have no stake now in their general well-being as far as the gym goes. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it is hard coming back here to something that, it was something you dreamed of and it was kind of taken away from you. Um, you know, in the end, hopefully it all works out. And hopefully like the people here, you know, get better. And like they, they continue to improve, but you know, it's hard. Like you, it's these things that you like dream of and it's not of any, like I dream of a mansion and you know, like <laughs> it's not like that. It's more like, I want to make a difference for people. And um, you see that opportunity like leave you a little bit. But then you focus on the, the people who are so appreciative back at your home, you know, and you focus on that and like the smiles and the high fives and like just like the overall silliness that ensues when you own a gym, you know, and that that picks you back up. And like, you know, that there's going to be another opportunity one day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the positive spin you put on that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, though. Like, I've struggled with it. Yeah, I've struggled with it. Like it's like there are moments where it's like, man, I feel so alone. I feel like a failure. I feel like I let like the entire community down, the coaches down, the employees down. Um, just felt so just destroyed. Like that fire that we all have in ourselves to like we're gonna change the world. We're gonna make people better. Like it was gone, and. Because a lot of us are used to that, right? Where it's like, yeah, let's get it. And it was gone. And when, you, when that's gone, you're just kind of like, shit, what's left? I can barely afford to pay rent. And what's left? What's left of this? Like, why? Why, like, start the fight all over again? And sooner or later, like you said, like, the little things, it starts to see, like, the little things. Where it's like somebody comes up and says, hey, man, look, dude, I, 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 I lost 10 pounds. And that's the first, I haven't lost 10 pounds in, you know, however many years. Or it's like, 
I got my first pull-up. Do you want to see it? And you're just like, oh, yeah, man. That's why I'm that, that gets me going again, yeah. you know? And um, it's just cool. You know, that's, that's a cool thing to where you just have to find those small wins again. But it does make you appreciate that, that stuff. Because after a while, if you're, if you're just riding the wave of just feeling good, you know, you, somebody's like, oh, hey, I got my first pull-up. And you're like, yeah, heard that shit before. You know, and it's like sometimes you, you just don't, you're not as excited, you know. And getting everything stripped away makes you appreciate, makes you feel grateful for those things that are, that are really good in your life. You know, like just like having a good meal or like having a member say thank you or um, I mean really anything or it's like one of your employees when you see them and you're like man they're doing a great job like they are that's awesome instead of like fuck that person didn't do this this person did that you didn't take out the trash you didn't check the bathroom you know and and when you have everything stripped away you do become more humble. The vision does change slightly. The ego is put it put aside for a little bit. And I think that's good for everybody. I'm not recommending it. <laughs> yes. But we all go through those times. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you don't wish that upon anybody, mm -hmm. but it's, it's good to look at, you know, what happened in that light. Learning from it. Absolutely. Wow. Well, that was that was some story, I have to admit. But um, thank you so much for sharing that. I, if anything, people will become more positive from listening to you share that, and they'll be like, I should probably be thankful for these small things. Yeah, and like that—that's really what I want people to take away from it. And like, and that you know, this—the fact that this place exists, the Torrance Gym exists, you know, is great. I think it is—it's better if it never existed. You know, it's having it here, not being fully to its potential yet is still better than it not being here at all. Yeah. You know, it's still helping change people's lives. Yeah. And that's the most important thing for me personally to feel like somewhat at peace about it because you want to have, you want to, it's yours, right? In my mind, I walk in, it's still mine it's, and it's not, it really isn't. Yeah. And um, you want it to be your way and it's not and like but at the same time it is helping people still people this is still somebody's home right a lot of people a lot of athletes here this is what they call home and I and I can appreciate that and I'd rather have that than not at all you know and um, it was a learning experience and like for most affiliate owners you go through ups and downs you weigh the, the pros and cons of like, should I open another location? Should I do it? Is it gonna be a pain in the ass? Yes, it is gonna be a pain in the ass. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not gonna be easy. <laughs> no, it's gonna be a huge risk. Yeah. Um, some of you that have done it before like, and had a bad experience, you're like, fucking never again, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's like being in a bad relationship and being like, I'm never, ever gonna get another relationship ever again. And I get it, like you're like, I don't wanna go through that. Mm -hmm. But you have to learn through those times and you gotta keep keep going. Because that's, that if you have a successful affiliate, you can have two, you can have five, you can have 10. And 
it's better you running a successful one or two like ones that aren't perfect but are doing some somebody or some athletes uh, a service like they're you're helping them than to not have it than to have somebody doing bad training or negatively reinforcing people or whatever it is right so if you are if you consider yourself a good affiliate owner which i think most people do not always the case but um i think you know i think you should do it i think you should keep going yeah don't be afraid yeah i mean the, the fear thing is you got to be able to handle it yeah. right yes yes so you you can't you you will be afraid yeah. You have lots of fear and terror, but ultimately it's like, you're right, is the risk worth it? Exactly. I mean, it's better to be afraid and have this crazy, like, exciting kind of deal than to have a boring existence. Mm. Well, for me anyway. Some people, <laughs> like, some people like boring and safe. Right? Yeah, maybe you're just weird. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but Probably. another thing is, like, you know, like, again, if you had a bad experience, like, the whole thing of, like, the best kind of revenge is success. Mm. So you got to crawl, you got to pick yourself back up again. You yeah. can't let somebody else control your success or your well-being or your happiness or your vision or any of that other stuff. You got to do you and kind of keep moving forward. Because if you, if you just give up, I mean, it's like, shit, they already won. No one wants that. No. I know, I don't like that. Like, I'm like... I don't want them to see me down. Yeah. I'm going to prove them wrong. Exactly. I mean, everybody, like, you should want a good fight. Yeah. You should definitely want a good fight. Yeah. <laughs> well, personally, I think that's a great note to end on because, I mean, you there are some drop, I like to call them drop the mic moments. You drop the mic there. Nice. So. <laughs> nice. I'm glad you actually didn't because. Because you got this beautiful got this. <laughs> new mic here. Yes. And I don't want it to get broken. So. But awesome. Well, Forrest, thank you so much for just sharing your story. You're welcome. And just being honest.